Alrighty, everybody, what is going on? How are you today? Thank you so much for clicking on this YouTube video. This is This Week in Finance, a podcast hosted by me, Brendan Shima, and by Financial Friends, where we speak of everything that is going on This Week in Finance, that is Thursday to Thursday. Let's go ahead and dive in to the news and to what I found interesting. First things first, we have Twitter and Elon Musk playing some more games. Twitter is going to be releasing the information that Elon Musk has requested from them. The big ongoing story here has been that Elon Musk is looking to acquire Twitter, but assumes that the data given to him by Twitter is faulty, is not true, is not accurate. They stated that 5% of the active users or of the accounts on Twitter were bot accounts, were not real people, were automated. Uh, Elon Musk assumes that it is some multiple of that number. Uh, He has been asking for more information, more data. They are finally beginning to comply and have since given him the, in quotes, you can read it here on the screen, fire hose, um, a set of data comprising of all tweets on the platform that he can then be analyzed by different parameters. This is not a story I'm going to continue to harp on. It is all over the news. I'm sure you might be sick of hearing about it by now, but that is the update on Twitter and Elon Musk. I will keep you updated as potentially more information, more information can be given to Elon Musk, and definitely more news is going to be coming out about this story. So you will probably see this again in another video. Moving forward though, we're going to talk about the battle of the sky. I'm going to be citing this post here on public.com. If you're not already following me on public, my at is Brendan Shima. You can go ahead and catch me over there. I post daily over there along with all of the amazing people um, like you can see right here, Arbitrage and Evan over on public. So go ahead, follow me over there. If you're not on public, there's a free stock down below. Just go ahead, click my link for public, sign up, and you will get a free slice of stock. Go ahead and check it out. Anyways, moving forward, this is the story or the battle of the sky as Evan puts it. Spirit Airlines has postponed their planned stockholder meeting that was supposed to be on Friday and is now being moved to the end of the month in June. The reason is, why? Well, JetBlue has continued to be in their ear constantly. Frontier was going to take over the company. We're going to merge over with Spirit Airlines. JetBlue said, "Mm -mm -mm, not so fast. We are very interested. The big issue here has been Spirit accepted the deal. And as in this quote here from Spirit, they remain bound by the terms of the merger agreement. And Spirit's board has not determined that either JetBlue's unsolicited tender offer or the update is a superior as defined in the merger agreement. And so they've made no change in the recommendation that they will accept this merger. But the meeting has been moved. So... What is this signaling? What are what are what exactly is going on here? Well, things are heating up. JetBlue is continuing to raise their offer. The big concern with accepting the deal from JetBlue has been that if that deal does happen, will it go through? A lot of antitrust things or words have been thrown around, right? People are assuming that if it does happen, if if JetBlue and Spirit are going to merge, that it will be blocked because the company could potentially then be too big. JetBlue clearly has confidence that this isn't going to happen because they upped that $200 million offer if it did get blocked um, to $350 
million dollars. So showing off that confidence that we are confident that this is going to happen and it will be fine. Either way, as Evan states here, um, either of these deals would create the fifth largest U.S. airline. Um, but they're now going to be looking at some more offers or at least hoping that Frontier and JetBlue will raise their offers. Now, we have two stories coming out of Disney. Thank you very much, Evan, for that update. Really do appreciate it. Um, Disney has fired their TV content chief, Peter Rice. This is big news, and this is big news for a couple of reasons. Now, the first reason is that Peter Rice supposedly was generally liked, and he did have a ton of experience. So you're getting rid of an executive that really was this most senior person in your company in regard to the TV business. And and they manage a good portion of television. Um, Rice oversaw the 20th Century Television, ABC Entertainment, ABC News, and FX. So he oversaw a ton of different content that was being put out by Disney in the television world. They fire him to hire in one step below him, Dana Walden, who was really, when Fox came over to Disney, when that that merger, that purchase happened, they were, you know, one and two, boom, right into Disney. Um, and now they're taking out that first person. The reason I'm bringing this up, the reason this story is important is Bob Chapek is up soon for CEO. So his contract will be expiring. They'll be adventuring or potentially trying to find someone else. However, in this instance, because of this firing, The board backed Bob Chapek. Peter Rice, reportedly, was going to be a potential suitor for that CEO position. Bob Chapek, on Monday, pulled him into his office in a roughly seven-minute meeting, it was reported, fired him. Done. Does that not seem fishy to anybody else, right? So is Bob Chapek doing this just to help himself and to make sure that there is no one else who's qualified and good enough for that position? Or is there some underlying reason we don't know? The rumor has it that, again, Peter Rice was well-liked and was obviously um, a high-up executive with a ton of experience. So it just doesn't make sense. Again, the board did support Bob Chapek in this. Not sure if they would have came out against him at this time. The stock (laughs) is suffering um, over the long you know, last, I don't know how many couple months, um, and even back into the pandemic. But either way, this is a little suspect to me. This is the bad news, good news, because the good news is Disney is continuing to invest in content. I have one note over here on my laptop. Content is king. Content is the main thing that we are concerned about with Disney. The more content they can put out, the more collectibles, the more plushes, the more digital content, the more anything else that they can do. They just need to keep putting out more content. Management estimates it will be a $32 billion bill to continue to push content out in 2022. Notable movies like Lightyear coming out soon, Strange Worlds coming out. We have The Way of Water, Avatar. They also re-upped for multiple other movies after Avatar. We also have uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever coming out. So there's a ton of big box office hits. They did an Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show. Multiverse of Madness just recently came out. They're continuing to bolster their content lineup. Very important moving forward. The stock again, you could see here, um, this is the one month chart basically trading flat. Um, But if we pull up the one-year chart, just a straight down shot. This is good for me. 
I'm an investor. I'll continue to be an investor. I'm continuing to buy in to this business um, and it will really do so for the long term. I believe in Disney. They have a massive lineup, a massive company that owns so much of the entertainment and the sports world. I think over the long run, everything here is going to be fine. In the short term, this story does concern me just a small amount of just just a little bit, especially if Bob Chapek does get re-upped again which I believe he more than likely will. Um, but it just looks a little suspect, and you hope that people within the company do not start to resent him. That's when real problems will start to happen. Next story here, as I take a sip of water. Target. This was a big story over the past week. Target expects to be squeezed out of some profits because they have a ton of inventory. Target came out, made a statement, said, look, We have a lot of orders in the short term. We're going to take hits to our profits. We're going to cancel orders, mark down stuff. We're going to look to cut expenses elsewhere. Um, We need to get this stuff out of our warehouses, out of the back of our stores, so we can make space for the stuff that really needs to be there. The issue, the problem that happened in specific to Target, they stocked up on a ton of things that they assumed that consumers would continue to want. That did not happen consumers changed their preferences away from the things they were buying and are now looking to buy different things. And CEOs, executives, people continue to state, be careful with this information. It does not mean that the consumer is not buying anymore, just that they're looking to buy different things. But this is a big problem when it comes to retail stocks. I made a whole video on it before. You can go ahead and click and look for that up here. It's also linked in my public post that I'm going to kind of source here now. Retail stocks have all of this stuff, but when they don't have space for the stuff that people really want, that takes a toll because they can't make space without getting rid of what they currently have. And if people don't want what you have, you have to make them want it by lowering the prices and not profiting as much from that. Target, Walmart, they have to buy the inventory they have. And while it is an asset, it sits on your balance sheet until you can get rid of it. And you don't want to see that stockpile build because it means one thing. You're not making money on what you're buying because you can't get rid of it. If I bought all of the Babe Ruth cards in the world and I had them all, all I did so far was spend money. I didn't make anything because I didn't sell anything. It's all fake paper gains. And essentially, that's what Target and Walmart and other retailers as well well, have done. You could see here, I did a little focus on Target and Walmart. Their inventory buildup over the past year has been big. Target here, $10.53 billion, up to then $13.9 billion the beginning of this year. And relatively currently, as of the last update or the last earnings report, $15.08 billion. Walmart in the same boat, but just on a larger scale, $46.38 billion, $56.51 billion, up to now $61.22 billion worth of stuff just sitting there. So... As I previously mentioned, and just to kind of wrap it up super quick, you have excess of this stuff while it is an asset. If no one wants it, it's no good, and you have to take hits on profit. That's what Target is doing. They got smashed again. The stock is down big. I'm going to pull up my graphic here. Year to date, roughly, this was posted um, earlier this morning. We have a 31% pullback year to date. Target seeing a 14% pullback. Amazon, a 27% pullback. Costco, a 15% pullback. 
Big lots of 45% uh, cutback, pretty much a half in that stock. Um, and BJ's an 8% cut or pullback. The two that we are seeing good, signaling that potentially, I haven't been keeping up on their earnings, but that these companies are more economic friendly to consumers as inflation continues to, to just run. We get, earn, or we get uh, CPI data out tomorrow. So I'll be updating everyone by this time, the time you're watching this, it's already came out, but follow all these social medias here. I'm going to update on CPI data on Friday, but Dollar Tree and Dollar General, Dollar General basically flat up 1% year to date, Dollar Tree up 15%. So investors looking, going, we're going to invest in these more economic or economical friendly options for consumers, hoping that consumers see that as well um, and decide to go to Dollar General and Dollar Tree as the prices at these other options are just going to simply be more expensive. Last thing here, this one's going to be full of a ton of data, so stick with me. I'll try to kind of piece it together and go here slow. CNBC did a survey with a bunch of CFOs, and they came to find out a few different things. The first thing is that they think the biggest risk to their businesses moving forward is inflation. 41% of the 22 that were interviewed or that were, you know, that did reply stated inflation was the biggest risk. 23% said that Fed policy was the biggest risk. 14% said supply chain disruptions and just 9% stated Ukraine and the war over there as well as cyber attacks or potential cyber attacks are the next or the last biggest risk. So, what does this say? It says we need to be concerned about inflation because businesses are concerned about inflation. And then the stats coming up show that these CFOs do not necessarily have the biggest trust in the Fed to curb inflation, hence why they think it's the biggest risk. I think that if they believed in the Fed, that that 23% would be lower, but also inflation might not be the biggest deal. The Federal Reserve is not necessarily going to be able to control the supply chain and the war in Ukraine. Those are things that they just can't do. And to to see the information that it's potentially something that they can control, inflation and their own policy, and people are still worried about it, that's cause for concern. It's also cause for concern because Ukraine and the war over there is causing inflation. But it's not a big concern. Inflation here in the U.S. is the big concern. Fed policy second, even though they can affect that any way they want and hopefully bring down inflation. It's scary to see those numbers up that high. They also have relatively low confidence in the Fed to bring down inflation. Um, 9% of these CFOs are very confident. 45% of them are somewhat confident. 36% are not very confident. And 9% of them are not confident at all in the Federal Reserve's ability to lower inflation. Now, in terms of what this means for a recession, these CFOs believe recession will hit in the first half of 2023. 68% of them believe that. 18% of them believe it will happen in the second half of 2023. And 14% believe it will happen this year in 2022. Now, you might be asking, great, CFOs, who cares? Who are they? The council for the CNBC CFOs is full of a bunch of big name companies. Abbott, ADP, BNY Mellon, AT&T. Who else do we have here? Chevron, Citi, 
Cisco. We have Dell, HP, Instacart. Where else? We got Levi and Strauss, Lear Corporation, J&J, Palantir, NASDAQ, Paramount, PayPal, Pepsi, Royal Caribbean, Rite Aid, State Farm, Synchrony Financial, Target, The Home Depot, Visa, Verizon, JM Smucker Company. Um, so a ton of big names, right? I mean, a, a ton of big name people. Um, 22 of them, it reads here, did go ahead and include responses. So of those names, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take 22 of their words, right? Uh, recession does not necessarily mean anything for us as investors, as consumers, as people. Recession fears are really the big thing. The emotion, the assumption that we are not moving in a positive direction in terms of GDP as a country is the cause for concern. Realistically, inflation is a bigger concern than recession, in my belief. Recession on paper just means two consecutive quarters of GDP loss. So the gross domestic product of the US, if it falls for two consecutive quarters or for six months in a row, essentially we assume we're in a recession. Now that concession recession, excuse me, could be very small. It could be for just those six months, or it could be for three straight years, or it could be for 10 straight years. Nobody necessarily knows, but it doesn't mean anything. But the fear of it and the way that people act and the way that businesses prepare in assumption that we aren't going to be as economically dominant as we normally are, that is the actual concern. That's something to keep your eye out on. So not to spread FUD, but just to spread information. That is the information I do have for you today. If you enjoyed This Week in Finance, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel. There's a new episode every single week. I'm considering doing some live. So if you're still sticking around, answer down in the comments below. Would you be willing to join a live version of This Week in Finance and hear out some of the news and then kind of go back and forth and chat with me? Leave that down below in the comments. If you made it this far, thank you very much. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. On the road to 1,000 subscribers. The friend group is amazing. I appreciate your support. We're gonna continue growing. Thank you very much and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.